0: Okay, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. I'm TBT columnist Gene Vivinetto.
1: Hi, and I'm uh, Steve Spears, sptimes.com online editor.
0: Today we're going to talk about Loose, the movie from 1984 and its impact on culture. a favorite of yours isn't it Steve? Oh
1: yeah I just watched it again last night I still love it.
0: Yeah actually I did too to brush up for this but I remembered it uh, pretty well um 1984 I was what 13 years old?
1: Right I would have been a junior in high school.
0: Okay uh made a huge huge star of Kevin Bacon pretty much started his career it also starred Laurie Singer and Diane Weist and John Lithgow as the good reverend um in this very, very small town where dancing is illegal. And uh, Kevin Bacon, 26 years old at the time, he played a high school student. Lori Singer was 27 at the time. I didn't know this. I did a little investigating. Diane Weist was just a mere nine years older than the girl, Lori Singer, who uh, Diane Weist played her mother. Very interesting stuff. Huge song, Footloose by who? Who sang it?
1: Uh-huh. It was Kenny Loggins, of course. Of
0: course. And Kenny Loggins was kind of like... Like uh, a, a nobody guy to us young '80s kids, and all of a sudden he—well, you know—he was a guy in the '70s singing a lot of nice folk songs and things. Loggins and Messina. You can't
1: say he was a nobody. Well, he... I mean,
0: not to really—not to kids our age. And then all of a sudden he did Footloose. He was huge. So,
2: no, no,
1: you're forgetting about Caddyshack. Sure oh. he did, um, What was the theme song from Caddyshack? It's uh, "I'm All Right."
2: Oh, yeah, you're was right. That was
1: on cable last night. I watched that before I watched Footloose. Yeah, you're you can't, right. right? He I forgot was, all about He was that. huge after that. I mean, you're right. He, continuing on with Footloose was just a natural. And then he
0: did a bunch of movie songs after that, right? He did did
1: uh, Top Gun. He yeah, did yeah. Flying into the Danger Zone.
0: I th- yeah, you're right. I forgot about I'm All Right. Okay. Well, let's get on with Footloose. Kevin Bacon, huge, huge star. The story goes, um, he comes, he moves from Chicago because his dad dies with his mom. He moves, he moves to, uh, this small, small town where dancing is a very conservative small town, very, very Bible thumping type place. Dancing is illegal because, uh, several years before Ren, the character that, uh, Kevin Bacon plays, several years before he moves there, a lot of kids, we're whooping it up, drinking and driving, got killed, and the entire town realizes that rock and roll is bad, uh, carousing around and pretty much having fun is bad, dancing bads, everything's bad. So, uh, they don't want any, any part of it, and the whole town is, is very, very conservative. They really, really keep tight watch on the kids. Then this city slicker kid from Chicago gets there, and he does he, he wants to kind of liberate the town, bring some joy back, bring some fun back, but they give him a very, very, very hard time. Of course, he hooks up with the preacher's daughter, played by Laurie Singer, and pretty much all hell breaks loose.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is, <clears throat> I think when I was watching the movie the first time, it seemed like a, a completely unbelievable plot. There, there could certainly never be a town where dancing was illegal. I thought at the time it was, it was just kind of hokey, but in uh, researching the uh, podcast, we came across this little tidbit. The film is actually based on a real incident There was a small town in Oklahoma called Elmore City where dancing had actually been illegal for 90 years before it was challenged by the high school seniors in 1978, and they overturned it.
0: No dancing for 90 years. 90
1: years. And do you
0: remember towards the end of the movie how he uh, convinces, like, what was it, like the city council or something, how he convinces them to let dancing be brought back? He actually starts quoting from the bible and how everybody you know wanted to dance for to celebrate and there's a time to be born a time to he kind of starts quoting from the bible that dancing doesn't always have to be dirty and sexual and primal it can actually be celebratory and beautiful and it's interesting and and, uh how he he makes a case for dancing just dancing can be something for joy and but anyway as far as dancing
1: i hate to interrupt but the more we describe this movie the worst the movie sounds. No,
0: no, no! It's actually beautiful because it's a great, it has it's a great beautiful movie. songs. No, we like make
1: sound, <laughs> we make it out to sound like this, uh, this uh, after-school special. And well, it, it really was. It's a bit preachy,
0: but they have great songs. Like let's hear it for the boy. Let's,
1: hear for the boy. let's give the boy a hand.
0: Let's hear for my baby. Why? Who sings that song? Let's hear it for the boy. It's uh, it's uh Denise Williams, dancing in the sheets, a classic 80s song by Shalamar. Um, of course, a lot of Kenny Loggins tune, the classic Footloose and I'm Free, which doesn't he do that like Kevin Bacon does that crazy weird dance sequence by himself? And no, then,
1: no, that's uh, which one is n- never he? by Moving Pictures.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, and then they have um, Holding Out for a Hero,
1: which is uh the tractor when they play chicken with the tractor.
0: Chicken with the tractor, that's Bonnie Tyler, and then uh. There's another, there's a great uh, Bang Your Head, Quiet Riot, and where he's driving around in his bug. Isn't oh, yeah. that when he gets pulled over by Right, he gets the pulled police. over by the police.
1: There's a little. There's a lot of little songs that you hear a little bits so of. Hurt So Good. Hurt So Good, Waiting Hoover. for a Girl Like You by Forner. You'll oh, hear yeah. that for a few seconds. And
0: then the classic prom song. Uh, Come on, Steve, what did they dance Almost Paradise. To? Yeah, Almost Derek Paradise by Mike Reno and Ann Wilson of Heart. I thought that dreams belonged to other men. Each time I got close, they'd fall apart again. Does that bring back any special memories for you?
1: Steve? Yes, it is. It's the uh, <laughs> it was the theme of my senior prom back in 1985.
0: Yes. Okay. So there's the town is very conservative. They also have a lot of problems with the books at the library. And I remember one guy makes a a reference to how they had fired the. Um, English teacher the year before because the English teacher was having the kids read some scandalous books. Uh, one problem, one book that they have a problem with. Do you remember what the book was? They, they don't. They won't want the kids to read this book in high school.
1: Right, Slaughterhouse Five Slaughter- by Kurt Vonnegut.
0: Slaughterhouse Five. And Ren hears this and he goes, "Oh, it's a great book. It's a classic." And what does the guy say? Do you remember?
1: Uh, maybe in your town, it's a classic. Not
0: in this town. And he says, "In any town." Ren. First
1: big, first big uh, confrontational moment.
0: First big confrontation when the when the when the parents in the town realize this kid's a, he's a bad kid if he likes slaughterhouse 5 which is you know it is a great book i highly recommend it what what extracurricular activity does ren try to do at in this school he wants he wants to you know wants to you know fit in with the kids and do some stuff and he's really good at this one activity he tries to do it in school but
1: oh yeah he's um he's, he's a really, gymnast yeah, he's, a, he's gymnast. a
0: gymnast and they show him doing some Gymnastics, which if you look carefully, they show him on the pole in the beginning, doing all these flips and all this stuff. In the beginning, he has some gloves on, and for the rest of the scene, he doesn't. If you pick careful attention. Oh, if, you want,
1: if you want to pick apart this movie, there's probably about a half a dozen really good uh, snafus in there.
0: There are also a lot of other actors in this movie. Um... That went on to do lots of bigger and better things. Future Sex and the City Star. Who is it?
1: Sarah Jessica Parker's Sarah in there. Sarah
0: Jessica Parker. And she's so tiny. If you watch all these scenes where she's walking around, Lori Singer is like this gigantic, um, spindly thing. She's very, very thin, long, long legs. And she's always in these scenes walking with Sarah Jessica Parker from behind. And Sarah Jessica Parker looks like she's two feet she tall. She looks like she's
1: five foot two she's, with a mop of red hair. So You tiny. have to stare at her face. And stare who, at her face to, to try to figure out who it is.
0: Who plays her boyfriend? Willard. Who's boyfriend? Uh, Sarah Will-
1: Jessica Parker. Whose boyfriend?
0: Sarah Jessica Parker's boyfriend. Who plays it? It's like her boyfriend. Oh, or, Willard. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Penn. Christopher That's right. Penn. You'll
1: never recognize Christopher Penn from 1984 if no. you look at him in
0: 2005. No, you won't. He's so tiny. He's Sean Penn's little brother, of course, and he's just adorable in this movie. And he plays a big, for what, for, you know, for... He plays a big hick, pretty much, and he wears a cowboy hat, and he's real adorable, and there's a whole beautiful sequence where Kevin Bacon has to teach him how to dance, and it's a beautiful uh, montage of, of dance I sequences. I think it's the best scene in the movie. It's the greatest scene. You know, let's hear it for the boy. Right, let's
1: hear it for the boy. You know what's really ironic about that scene? The only reason they even added it to the movie in the first place was because Christopher Penn really did not know how to dance.
0: Is that, he didn't know how to dance. <laughs> he
1: didn't know how to dance. That scene was well, not really in the original do- screenplay.
0: And at the very end, at the prom, he really does know how to dance. They, so there's a happy ending because they do get to dance. The, uh, the town lets the kids dance. And Rel-
1: reluctantly. E- reluctantly, Not yeah. the town, though. They're, they're in the town next door. That's right. They're not they in to, Beaumont. They're in Basin. They
0: have a little prom at the mill. It's a great movie. Um, Ariel... Uh, and Ren do sort of romantically hook up, and uh, she's very grateful to him and she gives him a gift. Do you know what the gift is, Steve?
1: It's um, mu- a music box, yes, that's right. And
0: then when he winds it and plays it, it plays a little song.
1: Almost paradise. Almost
0: paradise. <laughs> but it's all kind of like tinkly tinky tinkly, 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 tinkly <laughs> music box. Do you know who originally tried out for the role of Ariel that went to Lori Singer?
1: I want to say demi Moore
0: no well did I don't she may have did she know okay well Madonna
1: Madonna Madonna, did.
0: Madonna but uh didn't get it I don't know why they didn't like Madonna but they did give it to Lori singer a lot of guys actually i will tell you this a Several guys did try out for the part that went to Kevin Bacon and made him such a huge star. But one of the guys who who did have it, actually, was Christopher Atkins. I'm not sure what happened with that. But do you know a couple other guys tried out for it? Big, big stars.
1: Actually, yes. Um, Tom Cruise was originally considered for the role. But he was already filming that football movie, All the Right Moves.
0: Right. And they liked him so much because of the little dance thing he did in Risky Business. Right. That's what clinched it for him. And then
1: the other one who I think was all set to do it was Rob Lowe.
0: Rob exactly. But
1: he uh, hurt his knee and couldn't do it.
0: And uh, did you know Kevin Bacon got it? He actually dressed up as kind of the Ren McCormick character. They wanted somebody who was good-looking but kind of could fit in anywhere. He actually dressed up. They sent him to some sort of Midwestern school for a day or two, and he kind of tried to blend in with the students, and they actually apparently treated him as shabbily there as they did, you know, in the movie because he wore like a skinny tie, kind of had a little bit of a new wave ish look. And there's a part in the movie where, you know, he gets dressed up for his first day at this kind of little midwestern town and puts on a coat. Do you remember the scene? He puts on a little skinny tie. Oh, you're talking about for the first day of for school. the first day of school, remember right. what his mom says?
1: Um he says, Don't dress like that. People are going to think you're David Bowie. People
0: are going to think you're David Bowie, and yeah, they do. They no give him a of that. very, very hard time.
1: You know, as much as Gene and I love this movie, and it, you know, clearly we do, we uh, got a chance to talk to the uh, Times film critic and ask him what he thought of it. So here's what Steve uh, Persall, the Times film critic, had to say about that movie.
2: Steve, uh, what do you think of Footloose? Uh, Footloose is one of those movies that a lot of people have some affection for. Uh, I'm not one of them, <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> uh, it, it's one of those movies that, that I watched when I was, what, 20 years old? Around, around the, the kind of age that should have you know, meant something to me, but it didn't. Um, I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure because it's guilty but not pleasurable.
1: Were you just maybe a little too old? I think 1984 was the year. So how old were you then?
2: Uh, I was, uh, what, uh, 18 years old? No, no, no. Uh,
1: What was I? 24. Okay, so then you were
2: probably a little too old to
1: kind of get the whole teen angst angle of that.
2: Well, I sort of resent the fact I'm I'm young at heart and have been all my life. (laughs) Um, no, it's it's one of those movies that just didn't have the kind of honesty to it that a John Hughes movie did, as far as what you know teenage experiences in life. I was teaching at that time, so the idea of, of handling high school students and everything uh, was a uh, something I was doing in my life. So no matter what my age was, I still had the experience going on with it. Um, Com- compared but,
1: to uh, yeah. uh, compared to some of the other teen movies of that uh, of the eighties, how, how does it stack up against those? You, well, make, I- you mentioned it. The John Hughes, movies.
2: yeah, like I said, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the honesty of a Breakfast Club. It doesn't have the kind of you know satirical edge, you know, that that sort of uh, truth to it that a Sixteen Candles or a Pretty in Pink does, as far as you know the the female perspective of what it's like to try to fall in love. Um, it was it was I think it was it's, it probably holds up a little bit better as a political allegory than anything else because you have the you know conservative uh, Christian. Uh, leadership in this community that's imposing its will upon uh, the uh, the uh, uh, younger folks by not allowing them to dance. Uh, you can probably make some, you know, draw some correlations with that and some of the uh, the neocon situations that, that have happened politically these days. But um, but most of all, I, I just you know, it's, I I think I heard the best or worst parts of this movie on FM radio far too many times. Uh, and I always say that you can. You really can have too much Kenny Loggins in a movie soundtrack.
1: You know there's just one song, right?
2: Well, there's still one too many. <laughs> you know, it's, at least it wasn't Top Gun, where he had you know three or four.
1: Let me ask you this. Is this Kevin ba- Bacon's best movie?
2: Oh, it's Kevin Bacon's uh, first starring role movie. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's his best movie. It's probably the one that, that people will, and I, I think he's going to be remembered for it. Probably when he dies, they'll say, Kevin Bacon, unless he wins an Oscar, because that always gets in your into your obituary first. Uh, but Kevin Bacon, who electrified audiences in Footloose, that's probably what he's going to be remembered for, not some of his better performances in movies like, uh, well, The Woodsman uh, last year. I thought he was he was probably the best actor of the year, even better than, than uh, Jamie Foxx. Um, or you know some of his smaller roles like in JFK. Uh, I'll always remember him, of course, as the uh, as the pledge in, in Animal House, saying "Thank you, sir, may I have another?" So it's, we all I have our choices. Was, we all have our choices part. of our favorite uh, Kevin Bacon movie. We yeah. just play six degrees of separation between him and everybody else.
1: Wow, that's a pretty strong opinion by Steve over there. Uh, personally, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's a different kind of movie than a John Hughes movie, and I can see how he would. You want to compare the two because there were so many great John Hughes movies from the eighties
0: well what do you think do you think this mo do you think the events of this movie are relevant today? Uh,
1: yeah, sure they are. I mean we're in the same sort of uh, political climate today as we were back then. I mean we were halfway through the Reagan Revolution back then we're halfway through the Bush Revolution today.
0: I think this movie is totally relevant again because you know the separation between church and states getting kind of slippery We're in a very conservative climate. I could absolutely see this kind of thing happening again i can see you know i can see us getting to a point in certain towns in this in this nation where dancing can be you know, viewed as a very, very scary thing. I could see this happening completely again, where we would need a savior like Ren McCormick to come in and make people realize that you know that dancing is is not a scary thing, and th- you know we don't have to be so so afraid of, of 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 you know something like this. I could absolutely see this happening again. I know it's kind of a silly movie, but I know it has you know an important message, and I don't think you know the music is a bit cheesy, but it's also very punchy. That opening sequence alone with the crazy feet dancing, it's also you know, it's very, very 80s. It's fun to look at the leg warmers and the goofy little suede boots and stuff. It, it is dated in some ways, but it's also very. It's it's a very fun movie that that has a very timeless message. So, so Steve Persall, you know, maybe you're not a part of our generation, but you know, you don't have to be. I think that the I think the movie holds holds up over time, and even though it's definitely stuck in the 80s. I don't think it's it's a bad thing to be. And I don't, I don't mind saying that Steve and I are still stuck in the 80s, too, and probably will be next week.
1: Oh, well, by the sound of that music, I can tell we have to wrap it up here. So uh, until next week, uh, remember to check out our new blog. It's at tampabay.com slash blog slash 80s, or just go to tampabay.com and look for the link. We'll be there. As always, still stuck in the 80s.